0: Before today's podcast, a huge thanks to one of our sponsors, Party Casino. It's your first choice for sports betting. And of course, Formula One. Who's going to win the race in Turkey this weekend? Who's your favourite? Who's an outsider? Who will you bet on? And you can also place your bet for this year's Drivers' Championship as it goes down to the wire. But not just Formula One. Check out the sports section of Party Casino to bet on the Premier League, the Championship, Bundesliga or La Liga. And maybe it's MotoGP or NASCAR. Any Anyone of 39 different sports you can play in Party Casino. And you can hit the slots in the full Party Casino experience with jackpot slots, the best Vegas games, roulette in the live casino, and blackjack games you love as well. Well, PartyCasino.com has added the Safer Gambling section of the homepage so you can play while staying safe, easily learning how betting works, managing how much time you spend playing, and access more information on Safer Gambling. So, when you're ready, get the party started with 50 free spins on Starburst, go to autosport.com slash partycasino. In three easy steps, sign up, make your first deposit of 10 quid, and enjoy your 50 free spins. That's autosport.com slash partycasino. Open to UK residents over 18. Read the full terms on partycasino.com. Please gamble responsibly.
2: From autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm your host, Ariana Bravo, and this is the Podcast. Autosport Podcast. Round 16 of the 2021 calendar and Formula 1 is back in Turkey. Lewis Hamilton led both practice sessions today. In fp one he was four-tenths ahead of Max Verstappen, whilst in fp 2 the Dutchman seemed to struggle with the car more, but Hamilton managed to beat his morning time and led from the Ferrari of Charles Leclerc by just over one-and-a-half-tenths. After much speculation, Mercedes confirmed that Lewis Hamilton will take a new internal combustion engine and therefore will receive a 10-place grid penalty on Sunday. Ferrari also confirmed that Carlos Sainz will receive the new spec Ferrari power unit and as a result, he will start from the back of the grid. I'm joined by Motorsport.com's F1 editor, Jonathan Noble. John, lovely to chat with you again. How is everything going?
1: Yeah, all good. Quite an, interest, quite an interesting day in Turkey today. Very different to last year because of the track conditions, I think. And that's um, I think that's just been as much surprise for the teams as it was for us.
2: Right, so that's what I was actually going to start our conversation with. Of course, last year when we were here in Turkey, the drivers were really struggling for grip at this track, described as um, an ice rink, I think it was. And as a result, there have been measures that have been taken in order to improve the track surface. It's been water blasted, I believe. Um, We heard the drivers saying that the grip is definitely better this year. But as you said, it seems to have caught them by surprise because they maybe haven't come prepared for what the surface now is. Um, talk us through what the conditions were like today and what we saw from the teams and the drivers.
1: Yeah, I think think that the we heard about the water blasting recently and I think the teams were expecting a, a step forward in grip because the idea of water blasting is it just roughens up the surface a little bit and that, that gives the tyre something to actually grip on, whereas last year it was very smooth. Um, the oil had started seeping up to the top, so it was like a, an ice rink. So they were the teams are expecting a step forward, but I don't think they're expecting the kind of step forward we've seen. I think last year, FP1, Max Verstappen was one minute thirty-five to stop the set top the session. Lewis is one twenty-four today, one twenty-five, so it's ten seconds step forward. And that's completely thrown the setups. Um, if you've got a, a track surface like last year where there's zero grip, um, you basically need to dial in an awful lot of understeer. Because you don't want the back end getting out, and you need drivers to have a little bit of confidence that they're not going to hit the throttle and spin off. So, um, this is the kind of setup the teams had gone into to today. We're expecting a, a similar scenario to last year, and it's not been like that at all. Actually, the grip levels have massively ramped up. I think Lewis Hamilton called it intense. Lando Norris said it feels like a completely different track. So, the teams had to kind of dial back on the the understeer. Kind of nature of their setups. I think Red Bull in particular have been caught out by this. Um, We're expecting one thing, they've got another. So a lot of them have to kind of have to rethink things overnight as we go into tomorrow.
2: And how many changes do you think that the teams will realistically be able to make that will allow them to make big, big jumps in terms of improving how the car is handling on the new track surface, given that, you know, as you've just said, we have overnight for them to come to grips with it?
1: Yeah, the teams are the teams are these unbelievably uh, magnificent machines. That the second, or even before the practice is finished, you know there, there are tons of engineers in factories, in their mission control sessions, running through setup analysis and data analysis. There's drivers and simulators who'll be running all night tonight, um, potentially overnight, running through things, trying to get the setup. So we see this so many times, and even on a normal weekend, if a, a team heads in the wrong way and isn't happy, they come back the following morning, the factory's been working all overnight, they're delivered the setup they need for the car and it's all on and ready to go. Um, I think what will be more interesting here is that a lot of them need to revamp things tonight to put them in a better window for tomorrow, but the indications are it's going to rain tomorrow. So it could be a bit more uncertainty for, for teams and drivers about have they have they actually dialed in the setup that works well for the dry conditions if it isn't actually dry tomorrow morning to, to try to find out.
2: Yeah, I was going to mention the weather as well. I think that over the last few races we've all had this sort of fear of the rain now. And Turkey, we have seen that there is forecast that there may be rain. It's not a super high probability though, as far as I know, but there is a chance.
1: Yeah, so it looks we've had a note from Michael Massey, race director tonight, saying, Judging by forecast, teams will be given an extra set of inters for tomorrow morning. So that's normally an indication the FI weather forecast says the rain's coming. Um, if I do my magic um, internet search now using a random search engine, <laughs> uh, Saturday says, uh, so morning time, 80% chance of rain. Wow,
2: that has crept up, up there until
1: lunchtime. So yeah, so there is a, quite a high chance of rain in the morning, especially. It eases off a bit in the afternoon when qualifying is, but um, it looks like it's coming.
2: Okay, that could definitely spice things up tomorrow. Then something to keep an eye on for the morning and for how the day pans out. Now, looking at the times that we saw today, Lewis Hamilton quickest in both practice sessions. But as I mentioned at the start, he is taking the new internal combustion engine. We suspected that he would need to do this at some point. Um, And I saw earlier today that Andrew Shovlin was saying that there's two aspects of it. There's obviously the reliability aspect in terms of we would rather take a penalty than risk a DNF and also the performance aspect because you get that extra boost from the new um, the new engine. How much do you think this is going to affect their chances this weekend? And why do you think they chose this track to take the penalty as opposed to some of the other ones that we have coming up?
1: Uh, I think overtaking primarily. They obviously have done their analysis. Andrew Shovlin said today that they've done simulations for every racetrack, um, even from the last one to the end of the season, to try to work out where is the best opportunity. I think the, the fear, the fear of potential failure Um, at this stage of the championship was too much to too much to risk too much to bear so I think they felt they needed to get that engine into the pool somewhere I think they felt Sochi would have been good but they gave it to Valtteri there um, primarily because he had that problem it was kind of forced on them in Russia to go that direction Um, and then they were quite disappointed by how difficult it was for Valtteri to come through they felt Sochi would be quite good because of the long straight but that car suffered a lot of understeer and that kind of limited Voucher's ability to come through so I mean I think they're probably relieved that it wasn't Lewis uh, at the back there Um, but Turk is quite good for overtaking I think performance wise it looks to be very much a Mercedes track Lewis has looked very comfortable today we know he can overtake here if you recall GP2 in 2006 when he had that spin early on dropped to 19th and came back to finish second so um, he's got history here that's given the team some optimism Um, I think they'll feel that If the Mercedes is good, Valtteri can hold back Max potentially on Sunday and that will leave the door open for for Lewis to come through and recover as much as possible. And then it's done. Then that engine's in the pool. And then we've got him and Max on equal engine footing until the end of the season.
2: And talking of Valtteri for a moment here, uh, of course, with Lewis Hamilton starting further back and also with the struggles that we've seen today from Red Bull, which we will get onto in more detail, um, if we go on the basis that they could... those that Red Bull could continue struggling with the balance that we saw today um how do you think Valtteri could fare this weekend as it unfolds I know we've only had Friday running so this is making a lot of assumptions and the assumption that Red Bull won't come back uh strong is (laughs) perhaps a um an ambitious assumption uh but how do you think that he could fare given that you know it's kind of all to play for. He's got Lewis Hamilton, who will be occupied fighting his way forward. Do you think that he could be in for victory, or even you know, just a really strong, strong finish? Or do you think that he will, as you've just said, be playing this part of keeping Max behind?
1: No, I think I think his job will. He'll in his own head, his job is to go out there and win because the best way to limit Max's chances of scoring points is to just simply go out there and beat him and force Max to finish second. Um, So i will give Valtteri a bit of freedom. In Fridays, we know that um, Mercedes sometimes is happy to put the two different drives on different setups to experiment with downforce levels and wing levels. Um, Valtteri talked today of the car. It just felt good in the end. It started off with too much understeer, which they they had to dial out, Um, but it all came together. I think he'd be fairly comfortable and confident. And I think if the track is grippier, that kind of suits him as well because... If you recall, last year in the race, um, you know zero grip conditions here, and in the rain, Valtteri had endless amounts of spins and trouble just getting on top of things. So I think all things the way it's looking for Mercedes, the the fact that Valtteri won't have Lewis as a a kind of a, a hindrance or a factor in his preparations for tomorrow. His job's simple: go out there and win. And you know Lewis can sort himself out. And if he comes through, then I'll have to give it up. But um, for now, the job is an obvious and easy one now for Valtteri, get pole position, disappear into the distance and claim the win for himself.
2: Yeah, that is definitely what he'll have his eyes on. Meanwhile, as we've said, Lewis will be trying to fight his way through the pack. Um, Of course, Max replaced his power unit uh, in Sochi and managed to end up with the P2 finish, which pretty much just neutralised the penalty that he had taken, which is just ideal for the team. Uh, But let's stick on Red Bull, because today in the practice sessions, they weren't looking quite as good especially for Max Verstappen he seemed to really be struggling in FP2 today can you talk us through what was going on there with him what exactly he was struggling with uh in the sessions uh
1: pesky understeer basically um which I think is just a a manifestation of these different track conditions so Red Bull had come in expecting things to be fairly similar to last year so you push more towards the understeer and that just wasn't they couldn't get the front end to bite this weekend and I think one of the difficulties with modern F1 cars is trying to get the the aero balance spot on. There aren't many options, and if you've got a perfect amount of rear downforce, then it's quite hard to to ramp up the front that much to try and try and counter it. If you're you're happy with the rear, so it's always this compromise. And if you take off rear downforce, you're obviously limiting performance, and um, can be quite a, a tricky balancing act sometimes to to get these things balanced out correctly. Um, so I think the the work at the Rebel Factory tonight will be in understanding how to how to improve that aero balance to give the the drivers a, a better feel because um, I think Max was also suffering understeer at one point, and then the rear wasn't feeling as good um, throughout all the corners. So I think just a day where they just couldn't nail the setup. They weren't particularly comfortable, but doesn't mean things can't come together better tomorrow because we see this so many times on Fridays where you can look at lap times, the analysis and try make your predictions but a lot of the defining stuff is happening as we speak right now in the team factories with all those um, engineering brains pouring over the data to try to come up with the answer
2: yeah it could all uh, come together for them tomorrow and of course only two point difference between Lewis and Max so Red Bull will be hoping to capitalize on this weekend given that Lewis does have that penalty but we will see how it plays out Fans may have also noticed, of course, they're running their special livery. Um, The Red Bulls are white this weekend and AlphaTauri also have a touch on their, I think it's on their rear wings, it says Aragato as well. Nice little touch from them. And of course, this week we also heard from Red Bull and Honda the details of the continued relationship and what form that it will take going forward um after Honda leave the sport. Can you talk us through what they shared?
1: Yeah, so Honda obviously pulling out of Formula One at the end of this year. Um, But obviously, they've got this kind of strange scenario, unique scenario I've not really had in Formula One before, of um, them continuing to supply engines, the actual engines, but to be run by another team. So they've done this deal with Red Bull, um, which obviously is ramping up Red Bull powertrains to become an engine manufacturer in the future, um, especially for the next generation power units that are coming 25, 26. But in the short term, obviously, it's a lot for Red Bull to go from, a effectively, a racing team and chassis maker to an engine manufacturer all in the space of a, a few months. So they need to arrange a deal with Honda. So Honda will continue to supply kind of the manufacturing of the engines, racing engineering support, all that background for the next 12 months um, before a full transition to Red Bull in 2023. And part of this relationship will also include Red Bull supporting Honda's young driver programme. We'll continue to see what avenues there are in other motorsports. Something just keeps a a bit of a link between Red Bull and Honda. Keeps Honda close to motorsport so they're not turning their back on it entirely. And obviously there's always that. If you've got a tiny little link, it's always easy to try to hook them back in at some point in the future. um, Should Honda have a change of heart? And especially, you know, nobody knows where the, the world's automotive industry is going to go in the next 10-15 years there's this loving of electric cars at the moment but um you know more and more questions about the world's infrastructure is it going to be able to cope with everybody having an electric car is it suitable for a lot of people's kind of realistic needs of what they use a car for um f1's going on a sustainable fuels push so you know five ten years time honda could feel actually other manufacturers are pushing on sustainable fuels and uh, different propulsion systems Maybe electricity is not the way to go. Maybe we need to be back in Formula One.
2: We have it now. Let's turn our attention to uh, the other teams and how they were faring today, and how things might shape up for them as the weekend goes on. Ferrari were looking very strong from today's runnings. Well, Charles Leclerc, especially as I said, P two in FP two. Um, they had a good hit, a good year here yesterday as well. Carlos is taking the penalty for the new the new spec hybrid system which he will be taking. um he will be getting this weekend. Charles Leclerc of course already has that in his car. Um what did you make of their performance today and how the car is suiting the track?
1: Yeah, it looks looks good, looks strong. Um, we know the Ferrari's good on high downforce venues. Obviously Monaco Leclerc was on pole, although he didn't actually start there. Um Baku was on pole. Um so the car's made some progress this track with high grip is, you know, high downforce. Um, I think grip levels are more important here than aero efficiency that you get at some other tracks. So, looks all good and if Ferrari can kind of nail a good race setup to look after the tyres, then could be, could be quite a strong weekend for them. Um, I think crit- critical aspect will be managing the, I think the right front here has taken a bit of a battering, um, especially through turn eight. Um, so, I think critical to Ferrari's performance isn't necessarily how strong they'll be in qualifying tomorrow. It will be how they manage to look after that those front tyres, because that has been their weakness um, at some venues so far this season.
2: Definitely uh, going to be interesting to see how it plays out, especially whether they play a part in this battle that Lewis is going to have trying to get up the pack. And then when he does eventually get there and we have the Red Bull, the Valtteri Bottas and Lewis all fighting to get onto those podium spots, Will the Ferraris be in the mix there causing, uh, causing some drama? Potentially. We will see. But let's talk about Alpha Tauri now. Um, they've had a bit of a disappointing last couple of races. Today we saw, um, Gasly as well. He had a bit of a moment. How do you think they're going to fare this weekend? Do you think they'll be feeling more confident coming into this track or do you think that this could be another weekend where it's a bit of a difficult one?
1: Yeah, I think they've, they've had a bit of a battering the last few races. I think Franz Tost said today it was, it's was it been a bit of a nightmare that the car's been quick. And we've seen all season it's been quick in qualifying. Um, Gasly has been mostly up there throughout the entire season in, in qualifying. So it's a strong car over a single lap. But time and again, things just happen on a Sunday to, to go wrong, whether it's um, getting involved in incidents, um, whether it's um, mechanical problems, uh, whether it's wrong strategy choices or tyre choices, um, just things seem to go, go wrong on Sundays, which have kind of hampered the, the point scoring. So I think but I think that the problems the last two races where they've got things badly wrong um, shows that often acts as a bit of a spur to try to refocus everybody and get everyone pointing in the, the right direction. So you'd hope there's been quite a big kind of investigation and inquest after the last few races to get to the bottom of what they did wrong, why they did it wrong, how they don't do it again so they can finally start delivering on that potential because that car is quick. Um, Pierre Gassi should be up there you know fighting for at that front end of that midfield with you know his talent and the quality of that car but just hasn't happened so far this season.
2: It hasn't but as you've said hopefully they'll be spurred on by the, um, the difficult weekends they've had so far and we will see them back on form because it is brilliant to see the potential that the drivers have Pierre Gasly especially when he is able to actually get the car all um all lined up with how he wants it and he's able to really compete and put it closer to the top of the timesheets, let's talk about McLaren. We have a couple of minutes left. Now, obviously, after the heartbreak of the last race for Lando Norris, I'm sure he's had time to reflect, digest on that. Um, The McLarens have had some really strong showing throughout the year, even if it hasn't always materialised how they would have liked, as in Sochi. But how do you think that they will be approaching this weekend? We saw in practice sessions Daniel Ricciardo was out of the top 10 in both sessions, but Lando was was p i think he was p6 in fp2 and a bit further down in fp1 i think he was p7 um how do you think they're approaching this weekend and how do you think that midfield battle is going to shape up um amongst mclaren their closest competitors ferrari the alpha tauris the alpines etc
1: yeah i think i think although they were disappointed by the outcome of russia i think they'll also understand the positives of that weekend that it was their most um this has been their most competitive spell in form one for a while one two in monza pole position in sochi and could have won so i mean that's incredibly good position for the team to be in to build on and realize the the momentum they're getting um they'll be sharper after um russia i think there's a a greater understanding of kind of the, the risk v reward battle when you're fighting for wins um it's something that McLaren hasn't been involved in for a while and you're making critical decisions as the the lead of a race and it's much, much harder to come into the pits and stop for tyres when you're leading a race than it is with nothing to lose in second place um, when you're going on the attack. So a bit of a different mindset is needed sometimes but um, the car looks consistently quick. Um, we see endless times this season on Fridays the McLaren doesn't look to be particularly strong. Um, drivers can sometimes be downbeat um, but I think they run their engine in in lower kind of engine mode on Fridays maybe with heavier fuel and they always always make this step forward on Saturday so I've seen nothing so far to suggest they shouldn't be up there that, that ahead of that midfield pack again um, whether or not it's enough to be battling Mercedes and Red Bull we'll have to wait and see because you haven't quite got the kind of the long straights and the places where their aero efficiency will be a benefit here but no reason why it shouldn't be another decent points haul for, for both of them.
2: Right, we are out of time. But as always, I would like to get your qualifying predictions in. Who are you going to go for for pole position? And P2. Does this,
1: does this include does this include Lewis's penalty? Well, that's why... It, what do you want, fastest in qualifying on pole that's position? That's
2: why I added in the and P2. Because if you're going to say Lewis Hamilton, then I'd like to know who you think will <laughs> actually start... Um, at the front of the grid on Sunday as well.
1: I think Lewis will get pole, and then get obviously get moved back to tenth. And I think, um, I reckon, Valtteri will get second. So we'll start Sunday from pole position. Just as a, I just think that Merck looks consistently strong here. Um, I think they'll nail it. I think Lewis and Valtteri will be working well together to get the perfect setup. Um, so all all lined up to go in that direction.
2: Okay, we will see how qualifying unfolds tomorrow. That is all from us. You can head over to Autosport Plus right now. There are a range of amazing articles up there, including a piece by Alex Kalanorkos on how Seidel enacted his recovery plan to bring McLaren back to F1 victory, and also a piece by Kevin Turner on the rise and fall of Lotus as an F1 superpower. John, thank you for joining us. It was lovely to chat as always. That's all. We'll be back tomorrow post-quality.